Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. Thank you for coming back to The Demon Inside. This is the second part to the Austin Haroff story. Last week we were talking about how Austin Haroff was being possessed little by little. And this week we're going to talk about the conclusion of what happened to Austin. Austin Haroff is accused of the 2016 killing of Michelle Mishkan and John Stevens in their garage, then also attacking their neighbor, Jeff Fisher, who tried to help them. Investigators said they also found Haroff chewing on Stevens' face. After Austin attacked John Stevens and Michelle Mishkan. Jeff Fisher came around because he heard them screaming. He tried to stop Austin and Austin stabbed him about four or five times in the back. Austin told them, you don't want any part of me. When Jeff went back to his house, he called 911. This is that phone call. Fire rescue, what's your address? Young man beating up a woman across the street. Okay, are they outside or in a house? It's in a garage. Okay, can you tell if he has any weapons? Um, I think he had a knife, but I'm not positive. Okay, can you tell if she's injured or he's injured? Say again? Are, are either of them injured? Can you tell from where you are? Yes, there's a girl laying on the ground. He beat her up. I ran over there. I'm bleeding profusely here at the moment. Okay. I don't know what happened. All right. Can you tell if she's conscious or is she unconscious? Say again? Can you tell if she's conscious? No, it does not appear so, no. Okay. And how? what kind of injuries do you have? Uh, I've been stabbed in the back. With a and knife? Yes, I believe so. It was tough okay. to tell. Okay, you couldn't tell how long it was or anything? You need an ambulance? Complete. Yeah, we're Quick sending them. We're sending them. And where is he? Is he yeah, I think in he's the area the garage, Right okay. across the street from my house. All right. What's your name? Okay. All right, we're going to get the paramedics right out there. Sir, sir, what did the guy look like? Was he white, black, Hispanic? He is white. You know how old he is? About 25 years old. And what was he wearing? Um, shorts and a t-shirt. Do you know who he is? 
I have no idea. Does he live at that house, or? No, he does not. Does the female look familiar to you? Um, I believe it was the daughter of the house that lives over there. I'm not positive. Can you have your wife or... I don't want you moving if you've been stabbed, but I, can you have your wife or someone look out and see if he's still there? Um, I don't know. See if that car's still there, honey. It appears he's still there. And you, you said you, you definitely saw a knife and that's what he hit you with in the back? No, I did not see it, but my wife's looking in my back and it appears I got punctured. Yes, Dad. In the neck, in the head, three, three puncture wounds. Okay, we got units en route, okay? Okay. All right, just call us back if anything changes, all right? No, don't, don't, don't put that on me. All right, I'm bleeding pretty bad. So okay, we got, we got an ambulance and everybody en route. Just stay right there and stay calm, okay? Okay, thanks. All right. When the deputies arrived unseen, they saw a male wrapped around the upper torso area like he was hugging him, the male victim. They ordered him to get off, and he did not comply. They both deployed tasers and a canine unit that actually bit Austin's arm. He pushed the canine away. The canine handler grabbed the dog again, told him to release her. They would release the dog. He did not release at the time. He let the dog go again. It bit Austin again in the arm. Austin pushed it off as if it was nothing. Then one of the officers, Deputy Wayne, started kicking Austin in the head. This is his statement to the review of this apprehension. I saw a huge giant trail of blood, probably eight feet wide, six feet wide. I ran up the driveway. Grace was standing right here, pointed a gun down to the ground. I saw a male lying on his back, on an angle in front of the car, this, this, this direction. And I saw another male on a, what they call like a side mount, grappling hold. He had his legs intertwined, his arm wrapped around the male, and he had his fingers like a fish hook in his mouth, pulling his face off. I pop him in the back, my countdown on my taser started at 5, 4, 3, 2, when it hit 2, I realized it's not working. I yanked my cartridge off, I shocked myself, ran back around racing on this side, and then I kicked him in his head trying to get him off of the mat. Let me stop and interrupt you. During this time that you were here, did you ever see Gracie um, utilize her taser? No. Okay. She was hold she was at gunpoint. Okay. I kicked him in his head, head came off for a second, and he went right back in and took a deeper, deeper travel hole. I started stomping on his head in that fashion, trying to get his head off the guy's neck. 
trying to get him off of him. Did you have separate weights on? Kind of, yes. Uh, the male was laying on the ground and he said a couple of words. Very calm, very soft. Help me get him off of him. He said it probably two or three times. I didn't want Gracie taking a shot the way he was grappled up into him. There was no good shot that went into him, to the victim. I kicked the male probably about six or seven times in the head. Not boot kick, but stomps on his head trying to get his head off. Of course, the canine showed up. I don't remember if he came on that side or he came around. I believe he came up this way. Turned around, had him, the dog pointed, he said, I'm going to release the dog. We're all yelling, get off of him, get off of him. He didn't get off, the canine released the dog. The suspect had his fingers in his mouth, the dog grabbed his arm, pulled it off. The suspect ripped it out of the dog's mouth and went in for a deeper hole. Canine pulled back, said again, releasing the dog. He released the dog a second time. Same thing. Grabbed his arm, pulled it back, ripped it out of the dog's mouth again. I was here. Canine pulled off. I came in again. I gave him three or four more boot kicks to the head. At the same time, I pulled out my handcuffs. One more boot to the head. His head came off of his shoulder, and I was able to stop him now, where he banged his head against the concrete and stumbled. At that point, his arm came out, and I knew it got stunned. I smacked the cup on his hand, grabbed it, and I yanked him and pulled him to here. Where his head was now this way, his feet were this way. I spun him over. Umbrella, I call him, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Grabbed his your training? left arm. Yeah, yeah. The training. Grabbed his left arm. We were able to put the second cuff on. He was pretty stocky, so he had to pull out his set of cuffs, so we had to use double cuffs on him. I backed off, pulled on the cuffs. I told the trainee, run in, check on her. He ran in, checked her, checked her pulse. Gave me a, a shake of the head, no. He came back out, told dispatch a couple of times, get by a rescue in here, possibly two signal sevens. Then I told Umbrella to go get uh, shackles, and we shackled him so, we, so he wouldn't fight. When I finally was able to separate him, he was yelling, I'm eating people, kill me. The suspect was screaming. screaming. That's before he was handcuffed or as he was... As, as I was as I finally was pulling him off of him, he was screaming, Kill me! I'm eating people! Kill me! Very loud. And I was able to drag him over here. We were both able to secure him. I believe Tequesta even helped us secure him. Because there were two Tequesta cops, and one couldn't because he was holding Kano. The male victim was speaking when you first got here? The yes, victim was lying on the ground. Just lethargic, just, and uh, I, I've seen a slit from under his arm to his waist, seven, eight inches wide. I've seen his ribs. I've seen a huge hole on this side, 
and both both of them, the suspect and victim, were. Did you see the suspect biting him at any yes. time? Yes. Sus the suspect, when I got here, like I said, was in was in a full grapple, full grapple, and um, he had his. The suspect had his neck and head right here on the victim's neck, and he was chewing on his cheek, and I see big rips in his. Was he was he just chewing, or was he like tearing like a dog, or? Tearing like a dog. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Did you say he was tearing at him, Tear. or was he chewing at him? He, he had a he had a, a piece of his cheek, and he was trying trying to rip it off, like trying to rip a piece of meat. Okay. Um, while you were here, did you see any dogs? When I when I ran up, as I ran up the, the vehicle that was in the driveway, the driver door was open, and there was a dog sitting inside the front passenger seat. I noticed that were keys, I believe, on the floorboard of the vehicle. There was a puddle of blood on the floorboard and some blood on the past the driver's seat. Do you remember the door being open of the car? The door, the driver door was open of this car, okay. and there was a dog sitting in the seat. After we set back, I walked past him. I think it was a black door. I was actually startled because he was just sitting there. Okay. Did you did you see a knife on the ground? Yes. When, when the victim was lying on the ground, his arms were kind of like a C-shape. It was a blade opened up here underneath his uh, right arm. I don't remember. I, for some reason, it's telling me how to red handle on it. But there was a blade underneath his right arm. There was a scissor sitting over here. I believe inside the garage there was a Rondi chair sitting here with a screwdriver on the on one of the armors, I believe. But I know for a fact there was a scissor there and on the victim's right in the C section here was a was a open knife. So Officer Valerio, who is the canine handler, said while Austin was being carried off in handcuffs and leg irons. He continued acting irrational, thrashing his body from side to side and yelling, Help me! Help me! I ate bad things! When Deputy Valero asked him what he ate, Austin replied, I ate humans. Welcome back to the Demon Inside. After Austin Haroff was arrested, he was taken to the hospital where his condition was not so good. Austin Haroff's liver was malfunctioning. His lungs were filling with fluid and he had been bleeding in his esophagus. They looked around in the garage to see if he had drank any chemicals, but none of the chemicals seemed to be opened or spilled. After he woke from his coma, he says he doesn't remember anything of the incident. He doesn't know what happened. And he gives a whole description of his memories of everything uh, to Dr. Phil, which they didn't show on the Dr. Phil show because it would sway the judgment of the jury in the court. But for extra... I am going to put the 
Dr. Phil interview with Austin Haroff on an extra portion of The Demon Inside. So now comes to the portion where I do the logical, medical, and spiritual. Now remember, logical is the way you see things as a normal person. Medical is, of course, all the medical testing that they've done. And spiritual is going through what people perceive as religion or religious beliefs. And uh, which is my belief as well, because I'm very spiritual. So let's go through the logical. Austin Haroff, when he first started, he started doing searches on the internet for how to sell my soul to the devil. After that was when his psychotic episodes started. So logically, like looking at it, of course, maybe he read something. Maybe he had a misconception of something. Maybe he believed it. Maybe he was kind of um, feeling after he read something that he was controlled by something. I'm not sure how that works, but look at the people that have um, that have hypochondria. They see somebody with a cold or a sickness and they feel that they have that cold or sickness and it's always worse than the person that they see. So maybe Austin reading about how to sell his soul to the devil psychologically, uh, hypochondriac, you know, became that possessed person and was seeing things. The only problem with the logical is that you don't gain human strength from just thinking about it. If that was possible, people would be gaining hum extra human strength uh, all the time. And you don't hear about that. The medical, of course, is, and we go back to what police kept talking about. They kept talking about the flaca, uh, the bath salts. Uh, they did a testing on Austin for cocaine, heroin, methamphetamines, and there was no sign of it. No sign of common drugs whatsoever. And of course, they're going to say, you know, there's other strains of drugs out there that we don't know about. But the thing is, is that by the time that he left Duffy's to the time that he got home, he wasn't on drugs, even though he was acting strangely. When his mother took him back to Duffy's and he left and went and killed these two poor people and, and attacked Jeff Fisher, um, he was, there would not have been enough time for that drug to take effect. They were thinking maybe he had taken something from the, maybe somebody gave him a ride, a friend or somebody, and they gave him this drug and that's what happened. I would say that was plausible, but there was no signs of it. There was no signs of anything in the system. Even whatever he took that was killing him, hurting his liver, putting uh, fluid into his lungs, his esophagus that was burnt up, they couldn't figure out what any of that was. They couldn't figure out why any of that was happening. Spiritual. When you start 
to look into how to sell my soul to the devil or you contemplate demon possession or you you're looking into it in a certain way the thing is is that if you look for it it'll come to you if you accept it it will go into you somebody that is possessed will talk in first term about themselves in a third person party so in other words if I were to say John has done something incredible that would be me talking about myself in a third person his third person talk was when he told Jeff Fisher you don't want part of me then the extra human strength the supernatural strength so according to CBS Tampa affiliate WPEC the sheriff said Haroff was somebody not feeling pain not responding to a dog bite repeated stuns from a taser taking three to four deputies and officers dog to get him off that's somebody with a lot more strength than you would ever normally encounter so for me this is possession plain and simple just like Rudy Eugene and it was the same demon I am going to put a picture of that demon on my website or on my Facebook and so you could see the statue of it and again it's called the Wasiki and it's a half monkey half I don't know it's it's a demon of sorts and it's aquatic demon so for those of you that want to read up on Wasiki, it's W-U-Z-H-I-Q-I. And they have it on Wikipedia, and it's from the 9th century in China. So again, for me, Austin Haroff, just like Rudy Eugene, they were both possessed. Thank you for listening to The Demon Inside, and I thank you for every episode you listen to. Uh, if you like the show, uh, make sure you tell friends, put it on Facebook, uh, join my Facebook group, The Demon Inside, or join my Facebook, my Facebook uh, page, The Demon Inside. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, and on, well, soon to be on TikTok and hopefully on YouTube. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time. If I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Keith.